up internet, making a literal difference metaphorically. My name is Matthew Kroll. And would you like to see the news or some famous women's feet? My name is Shahir Dowd. And this is the only podcast about movies, specifically the film... Ah? Uh? Question mark? Inside. Uh, what are you rocking on the feet there, buddy? Just what am so I, I rocking on the feet? Yeah, I'm just, I, well, do you want to see some feet? So what do you got? Oh, your quote. Yeah. Uh, am I a famous woman? I mean, you could be. On the, internet, yeah, yeah. on the internet, you could be anything, my friend. I mean, the internet is a terrible, wonderful, horrible, beautiful place, and uh, it's a huge mistake slash our greatest accomplishment. <laughs> um, do, you, do you walk around with flip-flops inside? Are you a flip-flops inside kind of guy or bare feet only? No. What are you, Socks, baby. Socks all day, oh, every day. You're wearing socks in this yeah. heat? Yeah. Are you wearing socks right now? Yeah, look. Here, you, everyone, everyone's not going to be able to see it. Oh, hold on. I want to make sure I'm not running around my cat. Here we go. Yeah. Socks. Oh my god. I think socks, I threw up socks, in my mouth. Socks, 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 Why would you you're complaining about the heat that you have like cloth covering your feet? Sheer, I don't know how your body fucking works, but the heat doesn't radiate from my feet. It's shoulders and head. It goes up. I'm pretty sure uh the, the feet are a storage unit of heat. Call your Call. scientist wife in here. Yeah. I know it's not quite the same, but that's the closest we have right now. Listen, this episode is just going to be full of random conversations like this because we haven't decided if this is a film or not. So oh, I have. rather than decide that, <laughs> rather than have that conversation, we're just going to go on tangents uh, repeatedly throughout this episode. Mm. Um, but if you would like to write us in about some random tangents that you would like us to take or whether you prefer socked or bare feet in the house, uh, email us in at onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at onlymoviepod. I have a request for those emails. What's Just that? name all the emails, Jeffrey Bezos, <laughs> and then say. we'll know. <laughs> what, will, what will we know? You did it! <laughs> <laughs> uh, this has been an interesting one. We are doing the quote-unquote comedy stand-up special film uh, that is currently streaming on Netflix right now by Bo Burnham, Inside, a film made inside yes also we have a great game tie-in later on which is also called inside great game um <laughs> you're saying this like it's gonna be a thing i mean you're not wrong inside is a great game it is a great game, uh, and it's but there's be- also the meta commentary of the actual film in question where bo burnham plays himself in a video game as a twitch streamer streaming himself <laughs> but th- that's a whole like that one yeah yeah there's a couple there's a couple easter eggs for 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 the for the gamey types does um, IMDb throughout. have a description of Inside? Why, yes, it does, Shahir. It states, A new comedy special shot and performed by Bo Burnham alone over the course of the past year. Ooh. That is accurate and uh, and apt, I guess. I'd also like to note that the cast uh, section of the IMDb page is probably the shortest we've seen in maybe <laughs> any film we've discussed. Uh, I don't know if we've done a one-person show before. Have we not done a one-person show before? I don't believe we have. At one point, we did talk about doing Hannah Gadsby's Nanette. Yes. Uh, but we didn't do that. Um, and that's about it. As far as comedy specials goes, this will be the first one that we've done. But uh, I guess we have to do get we have to get into that conversation. And part of me is dreading this conversation. I have not come prepared for this conversation at all. Uh-oh, why? Uh, just because I... There's a part of me that just doesn't care. Um, but the conversation- I mean, that's, that's the best kind of conversation because then it doesn't matter what happens. Yeah, I guess so. I, I just, 
I, I felt like I should have been prepared to have this conversations with some examples in my head, and I could probably pull some up on the fly. But I have not. You, if you, Matt, you have access to my notes, you'll see it's just a quote. And, Am I supposed and, to open your notes? No, no. I'm just saying. Oh, uh, if you looked at my at my, uh, I respect no. the sanctity of your notes, Shahir. Unless we have an email or something, <laughs> I don't read them. Uh, well, there's nothing to read, to be honest with you. It's all work and no play. Make Shahir a dull boy. Wow. I uh, repeated a thousand times, and I don't even type it. I cheat by prison copy paste. Um, <laughs> well, let's have this conversation then. It's a short conversation. All right. Uh, Is it's- Bo Burnham's inside? A film or not? Yes, it is a film. How would you categorize that? I would categorize it as there is, uh, first and foremost, there's not much stand-up in it. There's a lot of music and musical elements. Okay. Uh, there are... Uh, That's not saying it's, it's, it is a film. That's just saying it's not got something else. Well, right? I'm, saying, I'm saying normally how I would define a comedy special is someone uh, on a stage telling jokes or, or, or in some sort of presented fashion addressing, uh, I guess, the audience. In, I almost in, part of it has to be, for, a, for it to be considered a comedy special, in front of an audience. Hmm. Um, for whatever reason, that's in my head. Okay. Uh, a reason that no other that I can hmm. think of, but I'm sure there are, I'm sure there are examples of comedy specials that are also films. Um, I can't personally think of one right now. This has a sort of metatextualness that uh, many, many, many comedy specials lack, and with its production value and the rules it sort of follows, be it editing, lighting, etc., it falls far closer in the category of film to me because normally, mm-hmm. depending... Uh, let's say uh, a stand-up special uh, would be um, more easily digestible or at least understandable um, without looking at sort of metatextual stuff sort of going around it, depending. Hmm. Uh, and, and I don't even know if I if I fully buy into that last bit. Um, because, you know, you can always pick apart your own arguments. If you're not doing it, then you're not doing it right. The, uh, it's just this, this, okay, I'll, I'll even get real sort of heady with it. Okay. No comedy special has ever made me feel the way a film makes me feel, normally. This made me feel like I feel when I'm watching a film. Hmm. And we can try to break that down. I don't know how interesting that is to sort of get into the minutia of it. Hmm. But I guess that's my sort of like headspace of it. Yeah. And we can get into a bit of the technical side of it. Uh, whenever we kind of want, but uh, I've been yammering. What? Wh- how do you feel, Mister Unprepared, Mister <laughs> All Work and No Play? Uh, Mister All Work and No Play says, uh, "Yeah, there's a part of me that just you know thinks it's sort of a, an arbitrary conversation." And I think I think the conversation um, meant more pre Netflix and pre the internet <laughs> in, in many respects. Like I think the conversation of what was a comedy special versus what is a film. Uh, had more weight to it than when the when the when the line of where these things would be seen was more defined. You know, you wouldn't necessarily see a comedy special in a movie theater, for example. Although I do know, I, I believe it was Spike Lee's Kings of Comedy uh, did play in a movie theater. There's uh, lots of them that actually do, which is weird. Yeah, but even which, then, I don't think of that as a. I, I, and you know me on this argument. I've never, I've never said that. Oh, because it plays in a theater, it is a movie or not. Like that didn't. That doesn't right. ever. Play I, mean, I, mean, I, I just think the 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 the. 
I think what what this conversation is really looking for is what is the defining qu- characteristic or what is the defining line between one and the other. Mm-hmm. And I think we are reaching uh, somewhat of a singularity where I think your your definition of this makes me feel the way I feel in a movie, I think is actually, though somewhat vague, actually useful in that... <laughs> In that, Thanks for the backhanded compliment. <laughs> uh, in that, I think that's a, just a useful barometer, which is that how you feel about it defines what you think it is. And what you think it is doesn't really matter yeah. uh, because one person may see it as a film and one person may not. Um, I also think that, yeah, the, the boundaries between how this is defined in terms of uh, distribution methods and actually the platforms with, with which they are being displayed are changing rapidly. You know, there are... There are, uh, for example, YouTube video essays, which are reaching the sort of heights of, um, you know, giving me that sense of the cinematic that I would expect from a film. Um, What up, up, Patrick Willems? Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Um, And there are... Um, and then there are, uh, spoken word specials that I've watched previously, I think mostly around the work of, uh, Spalding Gray, rest in peace, um, that were, that are incredibly cinematic, you know, um, uh, Steven Soderbergh directed, uh, directed one of those. And, um, uh, it's an incredibly cinematic, um, depiction of a spoken word performance. Mm. Um, and I think this feels more akin to that than to say Nanit, which I think I felt had one of the most significant conversations that we yes. were having and was therefore worthy of being discussed in this podcast. Um, however, I think we would have a harder time defining a cinematic or film-like than we do with Bo Burnham's Inside, which... For a guy who's already directed a feature film, not that that is the defining characteristic or what makes it cinematic or filming or not, yeah. it does have a sort of technical acumen to it, which is a, which feels very much within the playground of the cinematic. The, uh, the, the tool set yeah. and the tools at play mm. mirror that more of what a film would use as opposed to a stand-up special. Yes, I I 100% agree with that. I guess my my only thinking here is that I also think this co- the the question of whether something is a film or not you know it it's a matter of how long is a piece of string kind of thing. And if you don't feel it's a film, great. If you do, great. You know, like it, there, write us in onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com yeah. with the with the title of Jeffrey Bezos. <laughs> uh, I will say I did post this on Twitter as a question to our audience, and overwhelmingly, uh, with a uh, a seventy seven point three percent ranking, uh, Twitter listeners did uh, Twitter followers did believe that uh, Bo Burnham's Inside is a movie. That's because uh, they got taste. <laughs> so uh, regardless, I'm happy that we got to do it and we are going to be talking about it. I uh, am still in the thick of a lot of work, so I am watching this very late at night. However, uh, this was not I, uh, one that I fell asleep in uh, like last week. Again, not based on the movie itself, but just in terms of my work schedule. Yeah. Um, um, real quick, and just on the on the Nanette uh, mm-hmm. special, uh, Again, we, we we've talked about doing it before, and we came down on on not. That's not to say that it is not 
sort of as equally as important in the sort of like commentary on comedy space. No, and, yeah, and we it, didn't it, not do it because we didn't think it wasn't a film. I think yeah. we were going to have that conversation. We didn't. We, we didn't do it because um, we. I was trying to get another guest for it, and that guest fell through, oh, and, that, then, yeah, 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 and yeah. eventually yep. that yeah. that conversation kind of just yeah. passed. Um, yeah. But I talked about it in, uh, I believe, our. Um, um, the answers aren't on the ceiling, Shahir. Uh, art versus artist. I'm just looking up right now because <laughs> I, know, man, I, can't, like... I can't stare at your face knowing that you're wearing socks right now, to be honest with you. Uh, well, <laughs> I mean, get used to it. I'm just wiggling toes over here. <laughs> Ugh, inside cloth. That's so yeah. gross. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so cozy. <laughs> um, but uh, this is what I'm glad. I know you're a fan of Bo Burnham as well. I am uh, equally. We have done his film Eighth Grade on the yeah. uh, on the podcast. And I think we're both fans of his work uh, on YouTube and his stand-up specials pre- previously to the this uh he also directed uh tambourine the uh chris rock comedy special which i watched last year which has again a very cinematic opening yeah. um which uh which i really liked with uh, chris rock kind of like uh, in the uh in the green room before his show um matt now that we've gotten that question out of the way is this a film or not <laughs> I, I i i do have to kind of preface a couple of things about how I want to talk about this or, and that's not to say how you have to talk about this, but how I feel like talking about this. Sure. Yeah. Let's hear Let's set some ground rules so I can smash them. <laughs> well, for me personally, I, I have to say, while I think the, the, the technical qualities of, of the, of the, uh, of inside are, are spectacular. And I think Bo Burnham has a real, um, you know, uh, savvy understanding of how to communicate with an audience through the visual medium. What I found with this special is I was less interested in what Bo Burnham had to say than I was more interested in how what he said made me think about my life for the last year. Yeah. And, and that was an odd one because usually it's kind of the of it's it's usually the what what I typically find is a film or anything that we're talking about is the catalyst jumping point for what for you know with some side conversations about how we you know how I feel about my life or how mm-hmm. we we use that to sort of discuss our life but it, but we still want to discuss the text primarily Th- this one feels like the other way around to me which is that we have all been through something this year that is quite significant and I think we're still trying to figure out how to talk about that. And in some cases, we're joking about it. In some cases, we're sort of brushing it off. In some cases, it's, uh, of course, mortally significant for, for many people um, that lived through or, or didn't quite make it through with fans and friends and family. But, but I think we are still trying to figure out what is the conversation about this last year. And I haven't, I, I guess for me, this is tempered with a couple of interesting things, which is that when I talk to people in New Zealand, for example, they have not had this experience at all. Sure. You know, they thankfully, yeah, within a month of lockdown, they were pretty much back to normal yeah. um, and have lived life pretty, pretty normally ever since. Uh, they, of course, are aware of the external factors yeah, around COVID, yeah. but, but haven't had to experience it in the way we have and haven't had to deal with that sort of. Uh, pretty much prolonged year of um, uh, of staying indoors and staying away from people. Mm-hmm. So that that is a long winded way of saying I think I want to have a conversation about this year, and it is it is spurned by Bo, what Bo Burnham 
has done here, but I'm less interested in what Bo Burnham has to say. If that well, makes any I sense. mean, to be honest, I, I, I think you, it is difficult to, and one should not try to separate the two things that you have. Mm. Like I, I, I uh, you know, you mentioned before, like, I was a fan of Bo Burnham. I'm not not a fan of Bo Burnham, but, like, I've seen his comedy specials and, like, been like, oh, yes, I liked it. I very much liked Eighth Grade. I don't follow Bo Burnham. I didn't really know what was going on in Bo Burnham's life. Like, I, I, I'm I, like, oh, yeah, he's the clever guy who was on the YouTube and then he got comedy specials and became a director. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, uh, I'm not a fan of someone like, you know, uh, Kurt Russell or like someone who like I'm, I'm like always sort of <laughs> I see of, those two right next to each other actually yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah but you know what I mean so like when I was uh, when I was gonna watch this um, I was prepared to think it was good like I thought Be Happy was and the other one or or, or Make Happy I think it was what his last mm-hmm. special was called yeah uh, and then the the one before that and I've liked his songs in the past I think I've, I've digested more of his comedy in less special form and or, or, or in this case film but yeah. the uh, but more in like oh uh, a track someone plays me mm-hmm. like that they think is funny or a YouTube right. video right yeah Um, and I honestly think it's impossible for me to separate, you know, I guess how you put it, what Bo Burnham is saying versus how it made me feel about the year. Because what he was saying really tied a lot of difficult thoughts I was having together that I was having trouble sort of putting into words or mm-hmm. or, or or discussing in a... And again, I don't know how constructive it is, but in a in a non-damaging way, mm-hmm. uh, I won't say it's building something or helping a thing, but like it's definitely like when when dealing with the trauma that we've all dealt with, at least through this lens, it helped me compartmentalize some stuff in in ways that did not hurt me. Right. And I, I think that does have a lot to do with both the year we've had and what and how he's talking about it. Um some of the things it's interesting. There are elements where I can see the separation. And mm. it's and I, I would I would posit, again, I don't know this, but since he shot this over the course of the year, I'm sure this thing evolved from one type of thing to another. Right. And then he put it together at the end. Yeah. Um because in even in the special, he mentions sitting there and he's like, because he, he stopped doing comedy uh because he was having uh basically panic attacks on stage. Also, side note. An amazing thing to admit in a public forum. I think that's very helpful for people that do suffer from panic attacks and that and that have anxiety because he could have very easily been like, oh, you know what? I want to, you know, direct for a little bit and like brushed it off. But he was like, no, I have this problem and this is why I'm not doing it. Mm-hmm. Even in the special, he brings up, OK, it was now 2020. And I was like, you know, I think I'm ready to get back out there. And then something happened, <laughs> and he couldn't. So I think there's a lot of tracks that feel a little disparate. I've talked to a lot of people about this, uh, uh, other creators and a couple other people, because I think in content creation, be it the kind of thing I do or the kind of thing you do, Shahir, there's sort of an extra layer of of feeling that he's sort of getting across for people in our professions. Right. But a lot of people were like, yeah, it was great and emotional, whatever, but like, really, I could have kind of done out done without like, 
unpaid interned or <laughs> or um, FaceTime my mom tonight or white women's Instagram. Ooh, and how I, could you and do I, that white woman's Instagram? Well, so, but like, but I I get the point, right? Like, because that's the stuff where it's like, yeah, I'm less interested in in this specific context because even as he says, how can I or should I be joking at a time like this? Like, those things feel like early in this process, right. and then as it moves forward, whatever. But I really appreciated that all of that was sort of in the tapestry of what was happening. Mm. Uh, I feel like all of the I'll even say lesser works in this and i do believe that all of them are quite excellent but the yeah. lesser tracks or the lesser sections do always serve a purpose in the main film's narrative of just the 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 psychic shitstorm that he and therefore the rest of us were going through right um and so i i get the I, some of these you could very easily sort of separate those two things but i think as a whole it's very difficult for me to I think I think maybe what it comes down to for me is that there Burnham does does a kind of uh, slippery intellectualization of his type of comedy, mm -hmm. which is that and and he doesn't. It's beyond, you know, really good comedians tend to be self-aware in some way yeah. and understand what their place is in the room and how to and how to deal with it. I think uh, is it Anthony Jazelnik? I, I believe is a okay uh, uh, one of the he's really great at this. And look, I think as as problematic as this person was, Louis C.K. was really great at this as well. But like Jazelnik is another one I just keep I, I keep thinking about um, because he's Jazelnik was very is is extraordinarily good looking. Um, you know, handsome, you know, like movie star kind of good looking. I also and, heard he wears socks in <laughs> the summer heat. So. Not to bid, not with me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, but what I found, and, and he understood that the audience would read him in a certain way because he looked a certain way. So his comedy often reflected a kind of self-aware arrogance of being a really good-looking person and sure. always and often undercut it in the right in the right ways or did it in a way where you knew he was in on the joke. And what I think Burnham does in an interesting way is that he again is aware that it is difficult for someone like him uh, a white actor who makes money and is successful at what he does to do a full-on critique of capitalism and Black Lives Matter and this, the ongoing politicization of COVID or, or mm -hmm. the pandemic. And he sort of, he, what's clever about what he does is, but, but, you know, sort of tricky for me is that he constantly gives you an insight, but undercuts it with his I shouldn't really be saying this or it's not really my place to say this or isn't it weird that I would say this and it's it's actually it's it's really brilliant comedy but what it means is I'm I start what I found with this particular special is as the longer it went on the less and less interested in what I in in the things that I thought he had to say I think what he does tap into quite well is the and and it's 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 
the difficult thing here is whether this is performance or real or, you know, like, and, and in, in many ways, the entire thing is about like how uh, on the internet it is all performance. And, you know, he's constantly self-reflecting and projecting things that he's just done, rewatching them, reviewing them, even sometimes commenting on them and commenting on the commentaries of mm-hmm. them. Um, that part was so clever. Was... But, but you, uh, you sort of, I found I sort of lost a sense or lost an interest in what he had to say about how the internet works, about how capitalism works. And that's fine. I still think overall, you know, this is an excellent, this is obviously uh, a work of extraordinary talent and, and genius. But more and more, what I started coming away from was rather than talk about his experience, it made me want to think about my experience. Well, the, the, the interesting thing to that is how you said you sort of like stopped, you started caring less and less about those things halfway through the thing yeah. is there's really, in the second half, there's really only really two songs that talk about anything but him, not the internet itself right. or things like that. It's really Welcome to the Internet and the second Bezos uh, reprisal. Yeah. Everything else is kind of about his personal what he's going through at that point. All of the stuff that you've mentioned, like uh, how the world works or unpaid intern Hmm. or sexting or look who's inside again or problematic. uh, Those are all in the first half. Yeah. So it's interesting that you like, maybe those wore you down. And I'm I, I the the tricky thing I'm trying to say here is that I didn't think anything he's you know like this is not a critique of the work itself. I think the work is excellent, and I think he is brilliant at uh, pitching a joke and understanding which where the perspective from the joke is coming from. I think he's just so good at that. But I found that 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 over time gave me less interest in what he had to say. Now that's also not to discount the the sort of trauma that he seems to be going through in this but i found myself unengaged in that trauma huh. as much as i was kind of like thinking about my you know like my experiences through the pandemic and also like thinking about other people's experiences through the pandemic um you and, know and so- i i wonder even if that too is a little bit by design perhaps because, I, I think that would be the genius of it all. Because so again, I go I go back to the um, Bo Burnham as a performer. Um, yeah, in his past, looking back at things, it's interesting. The the um, it's funny. I hadn't watched his original video before. I hadn't watched um, uh, talk with my family or whatever. The first thing that that made him right, right, the, big. the YouTube videos. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'd seen I'm Boyo, I think, uh, at some point. Yeah, I think I've seen that, yeah. But the first one was one where it was about his family. It was a song about all how all of his family thought he was gay. And it's it's a gay joke. It's a it's it's it it is something that would not fly today. And uh, even, you know, he talks about it here. But he does that thing you mentioned. Which is he's always self-referential. He always spins it back. He then admits that spinning it back and being self-referential is a defense mechanism, and it doesn't excuse anything he's done. Right. Like, but like, it makes him a slippery it, eel, right? But, like, but, but here's the thing: it's not even eel. it's not even slippery. <laughs> it's a feedback loop that ensures, at least for me, that I I am not I I am incapable logically of making a moral judgment on 
who Bo Burnham is for good or bad. <laughs> I don't and, think we and, should and, be making moral judgments. We should just be defining, well, but, like, but, but figuring is, out whether we but, like but, the now, Hold on, this, right? is my, this is my whole point. Yeah. No, we shouldn't be making moral judgments. We don't know the fucking man, but all humans do, especially on the internet, when shit goes on, is make fucking moral judgments about people they don't fucking know. That's all we do. Hmm. So to have him do this thing and do it so skillfully where he can comment on that by being the thing that logically you can't do it to yeah. doesn't make me doesn't make me think like oh my god bo burnham's so great it makes me think this is a really clever way to get me thinking about how i think about people and even you know what it's so funny because people kept calling out white woman's instagram uh, a couple people were like oh it's like a bad like uh, snl sketch hmm. And I was like, well, first of all, I think it's probably like a good SNL sketch. <laughs> but, um, but like, yeah, is it superfluous? Sure. But also, is it accurate? Yes, that's why it's funny. But it also doesn't matter. All of that doesn't matter for me. I think what matters it's for also me, a soft target, right? Like white woman. Well, like, sure. He, but here's the thing. Yeah. He doesn't even, he doesn't even, like, if you look at the thing, I think a piece that a lot of people miss is the section where the aspect so the aspect ratio of the whole thing is like an Instagram thing yeah. he does that on purpose but there's a section in the middle of all the silly things that white women do on Instagram mm -hmm. he uh he has the the aspect ratio go full 69 it goes out and it's basically him talking through a woman uh posting her favorite picture of her mom and saying how she misses her after she passed away and say hi to dad for me and like this actually quite moving moment of honesty that you also do see on white women's Instagrams, on everyone's Instagrams, on a platform that is based on just fucking face value surface bullshit. You also get moments of true emotional resonance and humanity from everybody. Hmm. And the fact that that was in sandwiched in the middle with like foam latte art and like uh, duct tape with the word hate on his mouth and black and white, like d d just duck, just this moment of pure resonance in the middle of hmm. fluff sold me so hard on the concept. If that huh. piece wasn't in the middle, I would not have resonated at all with that piece. And I would have thought, oh, yeah, fucking, you know, easy target, simple SNL sketch. Huh. It's funny because when I read that particular moment, and I know the one you're talking about, yeah. I did think it was kind of still in the soft target zone, which is that. It is about the fact that um, a white woman on the internet, or you know, as the joke goes, is uh, having an emotionally risen or, or trying to express an emotionally risen moment, but really just talking about themselves. Oh, and, I did and, not get that uh, at all. I, that's the way I read that moment, and then I guess part of that part of me says that is essentially also what the special is, and there's and and, and I don't think that's a problem. Well, there's I, such a the reason why I, I just and, and, and I, I cannot argue how you read it. Yeah. But the reason why I think it is very clearly uh, at least uh, uh, not potential. What's the word I'm looking for when someone means to do something? The, mm. the meaning behind that moment, mm. I think, is very clear what he's trying to get across with the aspect ratio change, putting it back to more of a not Instagram thing. Right. It paints, it puts it into a more real space and then as it finishes, it closes up again and goes back to fucking, you know, whatever. Yeah, uh, I, think, I think that's a good reading of that. That is certainly not the way I felt about it. Uh, as I, I felt yeah. it was still part of the same joke, which is the sincerity, 
you know, the people trying to have sincere moments, but ultimately um, make it about themselves. Yeah, I, I just, I never, I didn't get that read. And especially because not only in that moment, but the rest of his specials, and to be honest, most of his comedy, he doesn't punch at people having real emotional responses. Right. You know, so it just, it doesn't, it doesn't check, it doesn't check that box for me. Right. But, um, but again, I do understand how moments like that song and a few others kind of do sort of, sort of buck the, the momentum. Uh, but for me, looking back at it, like, I, I gotta be honest. And, and and this is it's so funny. I'll say one thing and then I will rebut that thing. Uh, where did I learn this? Um, I could I have not been able to stop thinking about this special. I have watched it twice and I watched specific songs today. Right. Um, what a basic fucking cis white dude bullshit thing for me to be doing. <laughs> like like, and I've I've heard so many. I, I've seen so many like. Um, I don't want to straw man this. I was going to say, like, because I, I have. I've seen a, a bunch of people on the internet, uh, specifically white comedians, white male comedians, be like, oh, my God, so great. Da, 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 da. And, like, it is, but I don't want to hear their opinion. I also don't really want to hear my – like, there's, there's like, there's something about the entirety of this th – this entire thing is a snake eating its own tail. Right. Uh, we have a show. We talk about films. Yeah. We <laughs> determine this is a film. This is why we're doing this. Also – on a purely selfish level, I really enjoy talking about this thing because right. it's highly <laughs> relatable to me in a lot of different ways. Mm. It's about people that uh, people go in the uh, people through the pandemic, specifically what it's like as a content creator going through the pandemic, specifically what it's like, uh, you know, as a cis white dude in the pandemic doing like whatever. Like mm. it's this weird sort of like microcosm but in it that in and of itself i mean he even fucking says it he's like it's it's in the very beginning in fucking uh comedy healing the world is comedy like when he's like from a white guy like me and you just hear bingo and it's just like yeah like i don't know it, it, I, I think I, again i think that is all valid and i think it feels i i i cannot fault anyone for feeling that this is emotionally resonant, I, I, you know, I, I can't, I can't argue with that at all. I personally just found that the the more you, I try to find profound meaning, or any kind of, honestly, any kind of meaning, mm -hmm. um, I, I found it getting slipperier and slipperier the longer it went on, and I found, but, but what I thought was great is that it did make me reflect upon. Oh, this is you know like and and I I do feel that there's an honesty in the what in what he's doing in terms of his experience and and his um uh I guess his journey through the year of the sort of the the kind of anxiety and desperation that came with creating this piece of art and and I found that that oh, you know like I believed I guess you know like in the Marshall McLuhan kind of way the the medium was the message I believed. Through the through the fact that he finished this piece of uh, that, that that he finished this special and put it out and and it was crafted with so much love and depict and it, and it, there was so much raw emotion on display that that in itself was an interesting thing to dissect. Mm. However, what I found was what he had to say about the internet, about um, you know accountability, about social justice. Um, I found that those all felt like. Not only did they have like a surface level to them, they also felt like not 
insincere is the wrong word, but like um, half half cocked if that's it if that, you, sure and you know. that's that's exactly i think why the piece as a whole works for me you're mm. not wrong and you see him go through this and kind of realize it as this like the way this is structured and i don't know what was filmed when but you can kind of tell based on beard length um <laughs> the you you can see it started as one thing that i think is very surface and might have like a nugget or two of truth that you could be like ah i understood that reference or oh my god i can relate to this and it turns it into a deeply personal thing questioning the making of the thing and it was funny i, I want to give a shout out um i was again i was i was talking to some some nebula folks and uh jackson from a, a youtube channel called skip intro that uh, reviews television okay uh we were just discussing in a in a group chat about um about this special and people were saying things they liked and didn't like there were there was many people here too that were reflecting things that you were saying so like it's it's i want to make sure people realize that like my read i i understand is not the only read um but something that jackson said uh he, he said something that it was like um it, it it gave across the feeling of what it's like to live in 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 our world today the dichotomy of needing to be seen and the pain of being seen i i think that, and that that is that is very true of being on the internet. I think though there's a performative aspect to this which is that he is fully aware sure. that he is in a position and seeks out a posi- like seeks out the limelight. Right, Six, but that yeah. do, but that doesn't sh- but 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 again. But he's really good that, at it. I'm not yeah, I'm, I'm that not doesn't even matter. That. that doesn't even matter. <laughs> Everybody who has social media does this. Yeah. That's yeah. why it is so relatable. It's not just like, again, I keep throwing around the word content creator, but like everyone's a content creator. If you have a Twitter, if you have an Instagram, if you have a Facebook, you are doing this. And right. there's nothing wrong with it, but it does mess with how you view the world and it messes with your own self-image. And it's it's something that when it is talked about and it's not talked about, I think, quite enough. It is not done in such a digestible format for you to get through it. I think where it where it becomes where I start losing my interest again in only what he has to say. Again, I, I you know, person. But the whole thing is what he has. I still don't. I don't fully get it's, the it, switchy roux of it. There's, it's, it's fine it's, to it's not connect with it. It's when he says things like, "I wish people could just shut the fuck up about." a topic and not say something about that topic for just an hour or something like that. You know, when he has that sort of conversation about there's a, I think there's but then a doesn't self- he just also mention that he's doing it and yeah. then you're like, Oh shit. And then, and then also you kind of relate even going back to your point of like putting this back to like your life or someone else's outside of his life. Don't you wish that? <laughs> exactly. Like, don't you? And, and we are going to talk about it. Yeah. So here, buckle up, listeners. <laughs> no, <laughs> to the people out there listening to us here, we're here are our opinions on nothing. Um, I, I think there is just a sort of a slipperiness to the actual content here. And I think he he does that in a sort of skillful way, which is that he's aware of the challenge of a person like him making commentaries about capitalism when he is, you know, benefiting quite, you know, heavily from it. Um, so... But but I as I say, I found that the more that that wore on the list, I became interested in what he had to say. For example, you know, in in Hannah Gadsby's Nanette, 
when she starts talking about the trauma of her comedy mm-hmm. and, you know, she's kind of engaged in self-deprecation the entire way through and then has like a sort of a breaking moment on stage where she talks about why that's detrimental to her health and she can't do it anymore. Yeah. I'm interested in what she has to say about that experience. I found with Bo Burnham's comment, Bo Burnham's um, um, depictions of, you know, uh, the, the sort of the way the internet works and the way that social media works and the way our brains get wired to, you know, challenge and we, and we are sort of transforming the landscape of how we communicate with each other. I found that stuff sort of, you know, somewhat surface level, but I did find the, 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 the experience of his trauma of going through that to be interesting in of itself. But that's the point. Like but, the stuff you were describing is surface level. That's the whole point. Like, but the, the, maybe maybe what I'm trying to say is, without being mean spirited about it, is that while I believe Bo Burnham's experience is traumatic and I believe that his experiences are challenging, there was something about the way that the the construction of the comedy was done in this particular special that left me unengaged in that in so hmm. much and more thinking about experiences around the pandemic and uh, and other people's experiences and you know what i mean and and that's that's sort of an interesting place to be in as you're watching this thing sure but i i mean i i reflected on sort of those things as well but it was never due to an uninterest in what he was doing i i was honestly thinking he was kind of using himself in a way to point a lens at ver- like basically trying to flip it around on whatever the viewer whatever the viewer is watching i mean he even says what is it? Uh, uh, next time, let's try me sitting on the couch and watching you next time or something. He says some there's some line in some song right, about yeah, like, yeah. you know, that thing. Yeah. So like I was I was always on the ride. Like I was listening to what he was saying. I was I was trying to take in his sort of journey. But the reflection is very easy to do on me. It's very easy to do on 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 many people that f- fought through this fucking pandemic. Like <laughs> and it's interesting, like I will never um I'm not going to be the one that's, uh, nor do I think you are being, um, the one to say, like, one person's trauma is more effective uh, um, uh, instrument to get across uh, whatever narrative is trying to be conveyed. Yeah. Um, and, and in fact, to be honest, the the the, the, the pure trauma portions uh, <laughs> were not the moments that I, like, hyper-gravitated toward. Mm. Um, I understood they were there, and again, like all the pieces, I feel like they are necessary. Um, But and and, you know, I think to that point, it still is extraordinary. There is a sort of um, construction to this which is quite extraordinary, like the actual putting together of pieces, the sort of um, understanding of how to frame. uh, Not, and I don't mean physically composed, but like how to frame a scene so that it garners interest question for you Mm. do you think and i don't know do you think that the fact that the technical acumen of this one person show like the fact that the technical acumen is there and even though it is one person in a room over a year it is highly produced Mm. do you think that takes away from the rawness you might feel when a, a a comedian or anyone on a stage is just walking you through moments of a story or of trauma or of anything else do you feel like the flash 
was distracting or took away from at least the engagement portion. Not saying you don't enjoy the technicality and the way things are done, but do you think the resonance of the emotional through line was the fact that it was so polished and weirdly, it was cinematic, but not in a standardized movie format. Like, mm. do you think that's something in there? No, no, I, I, I don't think it's, a, it's to do with that because I think, um, you know, for just, just to borrow something from his own work, I love eighth grade and I think what he does in eighth grade in terms of relaying a young girl's trauma and making it engaging is profound and he's able to do that through the cinematic lens. Like, I don't but want that's to still see, in the form I, of a narrative film. But I, I don't want to see the version of this where it's like, where he's uh, walking around with his like iPhone and capturing like off the cuff moments, you know, that feel sort of uh, spontaneous or anything like that. I think, I, I think it has to do with there. There's a point at which, if we if we talk about a Dave Chappelle stand up special or something mm-hmm. like that, or a Dave Chappelle you know sketch, you get the sense through something like that. I'm trying to think of. Um, I can't remember which piece it was. Maybe it was Equanimous or um, one of the other two that he's that he spoke about, where he sets up a joke at the beginning about head punching a woman in her nether regions, and he mm-hmm. he sits up this joke about how um, he's so good at comedy that he's gonna eventually tell you a joke where the punchline is that he punched a woman in her nether regions and you will love it and you will laugh and then he kind of goes through this like you forget that he was going to tell that story and he tells this really traumatic story about um the woman who um the woman who uh, accused Emmett Till of uh, of looking at her wrong or something like that, and that's what Emmett Till killed. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, he tells that joke, and he tells about how on her deathbed she recanted and how he, like, appreciated the fact that she recanted, and then he punched her in the nether regions. And it's like, it's... what The thing about that that whole setup, which, of course, I'm doing no justice to, is that he is... He has a point of view that is very strong about how he feels about this subject. And I found that... About with, the subject of, of the person who got Emmett Till killed? Yes, he's, he's, very, he's very much... He, he's, well, he's, yeah, that's pretty clear, yeah. Yeah, you know, he's, he's, he's got a... He's you don't got a think Bo Burnham has a strong opinion about the things he's saying? I'm I mean, it's okay sure. if you don't. I, just I'm kind not of... exactly sure. I, th- I feel like, again, he's, he's got this ability to make an insight, then hedge himself on that insight. And and I found that, like, there are certain cases in, like, short bursts of, you know, his YouTube uh, videos that I've seen where because they're short and sharp, they kind of feel somewhat confrontational and insightful. And in the case of this over a long period of time, I, I didn't feel that way about his insights on... Um, the internet or social media or you know accountability or social justice or yeah, racial I mean, issues. you know like I just you keep I, you keep bringing up those things but those things are such like small portions of this entire whole like the I, 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 what I what I think is is that it's the way he hedges and well so that's the thing yeah. that the, and I think there is a type of uh, I am a neurotic person. Mm. 
um, I overthink and I overplan and I constantly second guess myself and I will constantly sort of double check a text and go back and forth and try to figure out a thing and then like if I do a thing if I make a uh, uh, request from an edit house or something I'll I'll make sure that I'm trying to word it nice and be kind of like middle ground and whatever and I'm not sort of like being uh, uh, hard ass or 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 any sort of like uh, edge point on one way or the other I will always try to be sort of center it is not effective <laughs> um, but it is what I do and uh the only effective thing to doing that I have now seen in this special. And the, the effect is showing how, weirdly, how, how you can affect others hmm. through that hedging of the bets, as you say, through the snake eating its own tail. Like... The when he says in problematic when he says how he's like I've done some shit like he puts the video up that uh, is is blatantly homophobic that he did when he was sixteen or seventeen. Uh, he 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 talks about like you know I the think Aladdin the word is the Aladdin costume. He's like I've never done anything illegal, but I've d- definitely done stuff that's shitty, and I'm full of like things, and like people are coming for people like. You know, I'm here. Like, I've done these things. I'm not going to hide about it. You know, I'm not going to hide them. Then he even says, I've thought about, I th- I've thought a lot about this since I started this song. Yeah. <laughs> and like, and again, it's not that, it, it's, a, it's a very, it's a different exercise in separating art from artists, in my opinion, hmm. than, we've, than we've had, I think, ever, at least on this show. Hmm. Because normally it's, Oh fuck! This person's an asshole, but their work's really good. This is something where I don't know if Bo Burnham's an asshole. I don't think that's the question, is it? No, 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 no. But but that's when you talk about separating the art from artist. Very rarely are you trying to separate. Oh, this guy's a this but, this, but I'm not, this woman's I, a great think, human being. I don't think it, we're trying to separate art from the artist in this particular case. I'm not saying that that's the goal or what we're trying. I'm saying the the way I'm looking at this, the fact that he is so as you've put slippery that you can't like nail this down. How it's it, it's a snake. I keep saying snake eating its own tail. It's another form for me. When I'm thinking about it, is I'm I'm finding this work so resonant and so important, even even though it is a personal story. I guess kind of to your point, am I going back to your side where it's like, oh, this is something that is that I am finding so resonant in my own life and the and the lives and experiences of other people I've had. It has less to do weirdly with Bo Burnham the person, right? Rather than Bo Burnham the experience that we all kind of went through. That he is showing a version of. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I think we're, this this conversation is fairly um, difficult to follow. I imagine for listeners in terms of like what it is we're talking about. Yeah, watch um, the special. <laughs> watch the special. It's good. Um, I, I uh, so prior to the pandemic, I watched um, the documentary uh, for Sama. Uh, which was uh, yes. uh, about uh, uh, a journalist in uh, Syria um, going through bombings and trying to navigate the 
the desire to stay in Aleppo uh, versus the kind of need to protect her newborn child mm-hmm. and, and what's required of that. And in a, in a way, the sort of act that um, she's doing, um, the, the, the director is um, Wad Al-Khatib, um, is similar to, Bo Bur- you know, to, to the act of what Bo Burnham's doing, which is they, they're using media to navigate the experience that they're having and to record it and to document it and to um, send it to other people. And, and I've, I, you know, like that, not, one of these things is not like the other. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's not a, it's not a one-to-one corollary, um, correlation. But there is a, a sense that there was, there are profound stakes to what she was doing that made me engaged in her story. And in the same way that when Hannah Gadsby got up on the net and kind of did that, and I'm not suggesting that Bo Burnham's trauma is not um, important or... uh, Yeah, you're just saying you didn't connect with it. I I personally didn't connect with it in the way that I don't have those experiences that, you know, is in For Sama or for Hannah Gadsby. Um, And oddly, I probably have closer experiences to what Bo Burnham is talking about, but I didn't find... I found that I was more interested in the sort of the the artifact that was created rather than what the artifact was saying. Sure, if that's that art makes... versus artist, is it not? No. How is not... it not? You just you it's, literally it's just described about, it. It's not about separating him from his work. It's about saying what does his work mean. You're more interested. <laughs> say say what you said again. It's not about it's not about separating him from his work. It's about the result of his work. Wouldn't that be separating him from his work? No, not at all. I'm that that's not in the slightest. I'm I'm. To tell me how you're defining this. You're. I'm, I'm having a hard time. This is this is a great this is a great listen. I'm sure. I'm having a hard time figuring out exactly what you mean by that. If you're not se- like, if you- I'm I'm not have the the conversation about separating art from the artist, which is saying that the the work stands on its own on its own without the uh, influence uh, without uh, an understanding of what, who the artist is and whether the work can be watched on its own. I, I that that is no part of what of what, what I'm saying. Well, that's not exactly how I would determine. I mean, that's the, art versus the- artist, right? Well, well what it's is not. It, it's it's well, again. It, well, I guess it, it kind of all is. It's the, it's the ability to look at a piece of work separate from the person who made it. No, that's that that is not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, but is not what Bo art from Burnham, is? Cre- No, how Bo Burnham, the artist, created this work, I think, cre- resulted in an interesting piece of work that I am not affected by. That is not to. I'm not saying. I see. I, I'm not I see. saying. So, no, no, I don't need be, to know who Bob Burnham easier, is. It'd be much easier. It'd be much easier to just keep continue on the through line than of saying that like, yeah, this is technically fine, but you didn't like it. I think I'm saying I found over time I was less engaged with it because of the way. Sure. He he. Again, let's just go back to that. Maybe I misconstrued something. I don't know. We can go back and listen to the tape. But that makes more sense to me than what you were saying. Before. I think the extrapolation. I, to be honest, it's not your fault. It's not my fault. I think it's literally talking in circles about this gets confusing. And it, 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 we are talking in circles because the, 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 the special talks in circles about itself. And there is a meta commentary going on just like that. The, yeah. the commentary of, of, um, uh, of the intern song. Um, but that none of that is to say that, that this is not technically brilliant. And even though I found his slipperiness unaffecting over time because it mm-hmm. often feels like he's hedging his bits but that's part of that's still a brand of comedy and that's yeah. still very skillful and that's still really 
uh, you know, like that still falls within the parameters of like brilliant comedy. It's just, I, yeah, I found over time, I was sort of more interested in uh, talking to you uh, about your pandemic experience than I was about talking about this movie. And I know at some point Jamie was going to come on and I was like, oh, I was really curious what her pandemic experience was. Sure. And I was more interested in that than I was in the insights that came out of Inside. Sure. On that note, though, I personally think that the point of this entire film is to get people thinking about their experiences in the pandemic. Perhaps. Um, and, And again, my opinion, but if that is the case, then I call even your desire to do that the piece being successful. I, 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 you know, and I also wouldn't say that the piece is, I, I, I don't want to say that the piece is unsuccessful. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And that's, and that's yeah. fine. Um, it's, it's, I do th- much like, pff, Jesus, th- a third of the shots. This piece is a mirror. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think, uh, you dear listener, if you watch it, not only will you hear some bangers that'll be stuck in your head, um, with some with some weird Al vibes actually throughout more than I think any of Bo's other work. I think you'll find if you fall on my side of this coin, you you might resonate with it quite a bit. And Bo's story, I guess, sort of in particular. If you fall on Shahir's side of the coin, you might not connect on that way. But I do think, much like he's described, you will start reflecting on other aspects of this fucking nightmare year, hmm. like. This is again, I go back to my original statement. Mm. Watching this and going through this was the first time a piece of media discussed this that did not harm me mentally. Hmm. I'm not sure how much it helped me, but it either gave me a net zero or gave me enough breathing room to think about the thing to get to a positive. Um and I think that might be one of the reasons why I am such a fan of this particular work. Mm. Um, that's not to say that other works might not have done it for other people. This one just sort of did it for me. I was able to compartmentalize a lot of shit and um, sort of think about, open up, open up that stage to be like, okay, we're, we're hopefully winding down, right? Pandemic time. Fingers crossed. Um, now what? <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I think I, the, the perhaps, one thing I, no, it's not one thing. Again, I did really like this, and I think it is um, a work of genius. Um, the final moments, which were kind of telegraphed, but like in a sort of smart way of him mm-hmm. kind of being outside, being locked out, mm-hmm. and then re, and then watching that entire experience from the inside out, yep. I think is a sort of sort of meta commentary on what he's doing throughout the special. Yeah. Um, and again, it just, it made me think again, I, I wanted to talk more about other people's experiences through the pandemic. And, and, and you know, because I, I will say this for me personally, the pandemic, while incredibly stressful, very difficult, 
um, at times sort of incredibly challenging uh, on a mental, physical, financial, um, you know, like just just time management point of view. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like my experience was okay. You know, like I think I've 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 gotten through it relatively unscathed, um, and I think I was sort of interested in hearing other experiences outside of that. I think Bo Burnham's experience was that he is scathed by it, or it, or it kind of magnified personal issues that he was having at any rate, but. But, you know, and he, he his his navigation of through that is creating this extraordinary piece of art. And and, you know, that's that's a that's a pretty amazing feat unto itself. But I kind of I, I just my mind wandered and thought about other people's experiences who um, who weren't me, who got away relatively unscathed or weren't um, uh, able to, tra- you know, con- you know, weren't able to express it so beautifully as he did. Um, I, I just kind of was like interested in not and not not saying I w- this wasn't spurred on by Bo Burnham's by, by this particular piece. But I was interested. I, my mind started wandering and thinking about outside of that and and other people's experiences. And the and inside then, made you think about the outside. The inside made me think about the outside and also about like maybe the thing that is great about that that, that really did resonate with me is that we from this point on have to start thinking of like what is the language of the pandemic what is the language of that experience for um for us as human beings and how do we navigate it in a way and like you know like burnham kind of says is it okay to tell a joke about it i you know i think i think it is okay to tell a joke about it and i'm curious like what the jokes are about it you know like because i i'm i'm also a person who believes that uh comedy is um is a sort of wry form of intellectualizing um your experience you know Mm -hmm. and i I think it it takes a lot of work to make um great jokes great comedy about your experiences and and so i I, all but that was happening outside of inside (laughs) if that makes sense sure you know what i mean uh, <laughs> I don't know if you do. Uh, not no, you personally, I do. But I, I, but, I, but I don't even know if I know what I mean anymore. <laughs> I, I, I'm going off of the the thing about how you're like, you, you feel like you made it through relatively okay. Uh, yeah, um, you know, I guess the same could be said for me. Uh, I will say um, I, I am not as mentally well as I was before this Mm. Um, residually so I think I am a I think I'm going to be unpacking whatever it is that happened over the course of the last year in my own life um, for a while Mm. And I don't, uh, uh, and I'm not even going to sort of, it, it's not about like, um, I, I'll even just say this. I think everyone, I think everyone is, whether they kind of realize it or not, uh, no matter how, I, I, and I'll use hard air quotes here, easy or hard they had it. Hmm. Um, I, I think um, this is something in, in, in a hundred years we haven't dealt with. Meaning most people alive haven't dealt with it, and now we all did. 
and um, I I look back at this is something I actually just kind of thought of. I looked back uh, at the the way that society handled the aftermath of the nineteen eighteen flu pandemic, mm. and that was it was so painful and so traumatic that people once they got it under control they just stopped talking about it <laughs> societally cultures across the globe because it was so traumatic just stopped talking about it and that is one of the reasons why so many countries including the united states was so underprepared for how to not only like you know actively like physically make things that could make it better but also be emotionally prepared to deal with a thing that now felt so alien because we didn't talk about it as a society. Children in schools were taught, oh, the 1918 flu pandemic happened and uh, then, you know, a bunch of people died and then it moved on. Like, it, it was not, it was not a, a visible enough psychic scar. Mm. And I feel like the more people that do thoughtful, intimate, Sometimes funny, sometimes not resonant, I'll just say, pieces, not just jokes, but like resonant pieces on their experiences of the pandemic. I, and this is kind of a weird takeaway I'm just sort of coming to right now. I do think it is literally making a difference metaphorically. <laughs> like, I, I know I started the, this episode with that quote. And I just kind of got here now. That was not the plan. Um, but I do honestly believe that. And I hope that while we do start and well, so while we continue the conversation, either here on this podcast or other people in media or films that come out or, or any, any medium that does this, that we do keep discussing what everyone went through. Because I want systems, I want more stuff in place so that if and when something like this happens again, be it. 10 years from now or 200 if we were so lucky as a species to make it that long that we have a better understanding and a better societal emotional <laughs> resonance on how to fucking deal with it because I think a lot of people I mean we know a lot of people physically didn't make it through and I think a fuck ton more didn't fully make it through emotionally and mentally I think a lot about H.W. Um, Wells the, uh, the War of the Worlds Oh, yeah. and, and I think a lot about how the aliens were undone by the simplest thing, which was um, the germs, common, the germs, the common cold. And I think a lot about how our um, our belief that in a society we had formed intelligent, rational thought and organized ourselves in a way that would prevent those minor um, elements from getting to us. And that completely wasn't the case yeah. uh, in the case of the pandemic. Nope. Um, and we we were undone by our inability to coordinate, our inability to talk to each other, our inability to navigate the inequalities that existed prior to the pandemic existing yeah. and to dismantle them when needed to immediately. Um, we we're unable to do that. We were also in a position as a, as you know Americans were in a position where we we had led ourselves to be led by the most uh in ineffectual buffoon 
mm-hmm. that had probably been ever seen in the face of politics um, uh, in, Amer- in recent American history. And all of that is to say, yeah, the, the, the language of how we negotiate the pandemic is still yet to be formed. I'm not hopeful about our ability to mitigate or to learn from this in a way that mitigates the next one. Neither am I. But in my opinion, specials like this, films like this are a step in the right direction. Hmm. Um, yes. Whether or not, whether or not that (laughs) fucking moves the needle, who the hell knows? Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, this has been the only podcast about the film inside Shahir, when you are not, uh, (laughs) taking vinyl siding and sheet plastic and covering your windows, lest the infection seep into your home, where can folks find you? Remember when we had to wash out groceries? (laughs) Pepper Toms remembers. Uh, you can find me scrubbing down my apples on my website at www.shahirdowd.com. That's S-H-A-H-I-R-D-A-U-D. Euphemism? (laughs) Why not? <laughs> Scrubbing my apples. <laughs> uh, Matt, when you are not uh, uh, finding new and innovative ways to describe scrubbing your apples uh where can people find you you can find me polishing my peaches over at my website m-a-t-t-h-e-w-k-r-o-l for my life and works also skeletor the number four p or easy on instagram or emperor msk on twitter also please check out the good works we are doing over on extra credits we are just wrapping up are we wrapping up no we're in the middle of pardon me it's so many episodes our 30 years war series uh which again puts a a now past look at a giant human tragedy uh, through the eyes rather than showing like the cool battles and like all that stuff because again battles are battles Uh, through the eyes of the four horsemen of the apocalypse that would be uh, famine, conquest, war and death uh, from the King James Bible I believe Uh, and then of course um, we also just released a really fun extra credits episode on RPG uh, RPG character class creation and how you can make better character classes. Hmm. Uh, classy ones, if you will. So check out all that good stuff. Matt, uh, what is the game tie-in to Inside? Is it Inside? Did is you it inside? Say it's inside? Inside is pretty fucking I mean, great. Or, or you could be Death Stranding, which he hard calls he, he, out. He does call it out. So hard. Uh, he's like, it's, you know, it's like boring, like Death Stranding, but that's the point. <laughs> and I was uh, like, yeah. The movie tie-in I'll suggest this week is uh, Jaffa Panahi's uh, documentary, This Is Not a Film, uh, a documentary (laughs) made uh, about his day-to-day life while under house arrest uh, and uh, trying to navigate the the impending uh, trial for his house arrest for defying Iranian law. And I believe the film had to be snuck out of his home uh, to premiere at Cannes or, or a film festival. So it's a really, uh, it's interesting because it's a person kind of dealing with the same situation of being trapped inside and having to deal with the external forces um, and using the medium of creating a film in order to yeah. navigate that. Um, so uh, this is not a film um, by Jaffa Panahi is uh, nice. something I'd highly recommend. Uh, next week, I think we're going. We're going to be in the Heights. Am hey, I, am gonna I go. incorrect in thinking that? I yep, think we are so. going in the Heights. Uh, I'm going to call this right now. I think in the Heights, without having seen it, is going to be the summer. It's going to be the 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 biggest earner of the year. I I don't doubt that. I think I think it's got so much going for it in terms of timing. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Lin Manuel. People want a fucking community, and people love. Yeah, people want Lin. a community. <laughs> yeah. New York is coming back right now. The sun is out. It's about Washington Heights. It's about people coming together. It's Lin Manuel Miranda. Yep. It's John Chu who directed Crazy Rich Asians. Uh, it's it's being pushed heavily. It it feels like an event movie that's happening right now. I. Th- Look, I could be eating my words in a week when I say this fucking movie sucked, but... But it doesn't matter if it sucked or not. It could still suck, and everything you said could still be true. Yeah. I, I, if the, even if the movie sucked, for all the reasons that I just said before, if it turns out that this is the movie of the year or the, the biggest hit of the year, for all those reasons, I think that's a good enough reason for it to be movie of the year. At this stage, and I haven't even seen it. <laughs> okay. That's a very un like thing to say, but maybe maybe you've softened in your old age. We'll see. I'm I'm also more than happy to re- recant myself <laughs> and uh, eat my own tail and hedge my bits on this one. All right. Well, there you go. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. We love to hear you hearing us. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we'll talk at you next week. Or maybe we won't. What? But what? we probably will. Yeah, we're gonna. We just said we were. What if we don't? But we are. Oh, sure we will. Jeffrey Bezos. <laughs> you did, did it. it.